Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to the Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with 4 million listeners. I am your host, Danielle Gerard, and today's guest is Claire Douglas. Claire has worked as a journalist for 15 years, writing features for women's magazines and national newspapers, but she's dreamed of being a novelist since the age of seven. She finally got her wish after winning the Marie Claire Debut Novel Award with her first novel, The Sisters. She lives in Bath with her husband and two children. Her latest novel, The Couple at Number Nine, is out now. Welcome, Claire. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I already told Claire that I think she has the most beautiful name because it's also the name of my 22-year-old daughter. So, And we also described the spelling of it, which is correct. And apologies now to Claire McIntosh, who I'm going to talk to soon, who is unfortunately parents spelled it wrong but anyway okay before we get too far on to side checks tell us a little bit about the couple at number nine Claire yeah so it's about a couple um called Safi and Tom they're young and they move into this cottage in the Cotswolds so like a really beautiful village um the cottage was inherited by uh Safi's grandmother who's had to go into her home because she's got dementia she actually gave it to the daughter, Lorna, but Lorna doesn't want it because Lorna's living in Spain and she's quite sort of a free spirit. So she gives it to Safi and Tom because Safi's pregnant with her first child. And they're, they're quite young, they're like 24, 25. Um, but when they have a, a kitchen extension uh, built, they find two bodies that have been buried in the garden. And then they realise that the two bodies actually date back to when Safi's grandmother, Rose, lived in the cottage. So that's the setup. Yes, what is, uh, and, and Safi is such a wonderful character because you can just feel her sort of earnestness and her, you know, here she is this young, and she's quite optimistic and very dedicated to her to her grandmother. You know, her mother, as you said, is a little bit of a free spirit. Um, yeah. We get the impression that she, you know, had Safi quite young and, and yeah. isn't quite ever really rooted and settled. But, um, but Safi is, you know, this, she's just like so, and Tom is lovely and they're just like they're gonna start this beautiful life and then there's bodies in the backyard which is not ideal under any circumstances right and then to find out that now your 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 grandmother with dementia is you know has to be questioned and is is yeah. possibly complicit in whatever has happened and um, yeah. that is especially since her grandmother sort of was the sort of st the steady parent in her life yeah. so she's yeah. like um it sort of throws everything you know, on top of being pregnant, which you and I know is is no yeah. walk in the park anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's like, oh, you know, it, it really throws her for a loop, and um, yeah. and it's and then her mother comes home from or comes back from Spain to yeah. be there, and you know, yeah. So you, it, one of the things I love most about this book is, you know, and it's it's a really it's one of those it's a compelling read. The characters feel really well drawn. I felt like you know I was with them <laughs> as they're oh. as the, the there's this massive heap of dirt in the backyard and every time Safi looks out the kitchen window she's like oh my god you know <laughs> what is happening but um, is the is the is the sort of dynamic between these three women right the, the Safi yeah. as, the, as the granddaughter and then Lorna as her mother yeah. and and Rose as the grandmother and and this idea that 
how well do we really know our grandparents, yeah. right? And their yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, because, and even our parents, right? So, yeah. um, so speak to that, like, you know, what was, yeah. how did this evolve? Did we, did yeah. you come up with sort of a dementia character who something had happened in her past or, or this young character, or, you know, even Lorna has her very yeah. own story. So how yeah. did it develop? I, I think, well, years ago when I was a journalist, I, I did this story where this young couple moved into a, a cottage and they find a body, like when they're doing excavation of the kitchen. And it was it, it dated back to like Roman times. There was no crime or anything, but, but that gave me the idea. So I remember thinking, what a great idea. Imagine if it was somebody that like your grandmother, and yeah, like you said, they've got this whole life that you don't really know anything about, that they're completely different to the person that you've all these years because Safi is like really close to her grandmother because yeah. like you said her sort of basically brought her up because Lorna was so young and 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 so she used to send Safi to go and stay with Rose the grandmother in the holidays and like you know Rose is very steady and like you know really dedicated so she can't so Safi can't believe that that this has got anything to do with Rose she thinks that Rose you know, this is some mistake, or like that. That Rose, if Rose did know about it, like it was, she was a victim, and you know, she just she just can't believe that. Right, grandmother, who she's always thought of, but as things get uncovered, obviously she then starts to know, find out more about Rose's past life and all the sort of secrets that Rose kept, really, from them. Right. Yeah, and I think well, my grandmother died of um, Alzheimer's, and and yeah. she quite an interesting life but she was quite open about her life as you know when she was but I just I just it does make me think oh imagine if you find out that yeah oh, and I like the idea of going to like a care home speaking to your grandmother and then them sort of like saying things because you know that they can't she can right. yeah things like slip out that because now she's got Alzheimer's she's not so careful about what she's saying mm-hmm. like the past is sort of coming out in and she's Safi's got to work out what's true and what is like the ramblings of you know, right, because that's the other thing about the disease is that oftentimes they say things that are completely nonsensical. So some of them, it's, it might seem nonsensical at the moment. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, she said this thing. Did that actually mean something? Which I think is a really, first of all, it's a, it's a situation since obviously we're all living longer and our yeah. parents are living longer that we're all, you know, often m- yeah. many of us are dealing with, right? Aging parents and aging grandparents and, yeah. and, and care facilities. And, yeah. um, and then on top of it, you know, the idea that it's gosh if and then we sort of dismiss this we dismiss the things as we get older unfortunately and I know this from my you know my and my mother's only 75 but oftentimes we say oh mom like she doesn't know what she's talking about right Um, (laughs) but it is it is not necessarily and it's a it's a disempowering situation for Rose right here she is trying you know especially since you know she's worried I mean, Rose, we, we can say, we're not in her point of view, but we can sense that she's also concerned about what her granddaughter is, is thinking yeah. of her. And yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because she, you know, she really loves Safi. She really, yeah, yeah because, because Lorna and her mum, there's always been a bit of friction between those two, but Safi and the grandmother are quite similar. They're both yes. quite quiet. They're like home bodies. They're not like Safi. Like Lorna's more of a, you know, wants to go and live in Spain and she wants excitement. Yes. The, so so Safi always felt like she bonded more with her grandmother, like she always felt like they understood each other. So for her, it's like a huge... It's shock. very, right. And I think yeah. there's something to that sort of every other generation being more alike, right? I yeah. think, you know, it sort of feels like, and I think that's true in a lot of families where you sort of react to your parenting and then yeah. your parents react to their parenting. So in yeah. in many ways, you find you are more similar to the person who's sort of two generations up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, um, 
you know, I think that's, and then there's another point of view. There's a whole different yeah. side of the story, which I also found fascinating because of course we meet Theo, yeah. um, whose um, father is uh, a doctor and um, he's also in a, you know, in a relationship. He's got a very estranged uh, relationship with his father. Um, and, you know, he's got a girlfriend who he, he's very fond of and he's, um, are, are they married? I can't remember. I think they are. Yeah, they're they are married. Are. Sorry. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, let me think. Now I know I do this too. I'm like, I can't remember. I wrote that book two years ago. But anyway, yeah. So Theo and his young, you know, his wife, and and they have this, you know, and he's but he's very distant from his father, and his mother's gone. And there's this whole other side of the family. And first we start to read and think, how is this related? And yet yeah, it's, the story is beautifully dovetail. And um, and I'm not going to say any more about that because it's really you have to read it to sort of see how that happens. But um, but I wanted to ask you since since you're dealing with two really different timelines here, you know, we're in Rose's, um, you know, we're seeing sort of Rose's young life, right? Yeah. With her yeah. baby, Lorna. And then of course, at the same time, we're seeing Safi's, you know, present life. Yeah. When yeah. you do that, are you like, how, are you, is it plotted out to the sort of the nth degree? Are you writing every other? Tell us about the process. Well, I write, I always have to write like an order. I can't just like, and I hear some writers like maybe write a middle scene and then an end scene. I, I, I can't do that for some reason. I have to literally do it in, but what I, so I did it, I, I went along and I sort of knew the plot as in, I knew the twist. I knew like, you know, this is like what was going on, but I didn't right. have everything plotted completely out. Okay, but, wow. So, when I got to Rose, so I was really, I was thinking, where do I put Rose's chapter? Because I wanted to hear, I wanted us to hear from Rose when she was younger. And right. also because um, the, before that I had like an elderly, so just like the other girls has an elderly character in them. So I didn't really want to write Rose's perspective as an older person. I wanted to do it from when she was younger, like going yeah. through it at the time. And, um, and as I was doing that, I said, it suddenly turned into like, almost like she's talking to Lorna. Nice. So, to, so I wanted to, so, because I thought that was quite a good way of differentiating the different chapters so that you knew when you read that, that it was Rose talking, because right. there was a couple of first person narratives right. in there. Yeah, so that was, and it just sort of came as I started, but I didn't put Rose until chapter 10, I think, or like, it was quite a bit later, because I wanted to, us to get to know Lorna Shabby. and Sophie, and yes. a few, um, but yeah, so I didn't, I didn't actually plot it, but I did, but what I did at the end, so when, once I got right to the end, I read through it, just Rose's chapters on her, yes. on the, to make sure the voice was the same throughout. And so. that the story is building. I mean, I think that's what's so, you know, that's what's so hard. And I, you know, I think a lot of us write multiple point of view yes. and, and, I, and I am the same way. I, I don't know, I know sort of the end, um, but yes. I, I write sort of as, as the book, as I think the book will unfold. Yeah. And it's a nice break, I think, and maybe you find this as well. To sort of, if I'm, if I've gotten, you know, I'm, you're in Safi's point of view, and you're, and you sort of leave us with a little hook, it kind yeah. of feels like a breath to go. Okay, now let's talk about Theo, or let's talk about Rose. Yeah, yes. and it, it's a natural momentum for the reader too, right? We're like, whoa, what you just left yeah. us, and now we got to, you know, yeah. get to the next yeah. Safi chapter. Or, um, yeah. but I think it. It's so you did you know um, from the beginning that you were going to sort of do three points of view? Did Theo was he in addition? Yeah. What? No, I did. I knew because yeah. I wanted to do. I wanted to do it from Theo's side of things because Theo's family, you know, that whole thing. Um, and I also wanted to write the picture of a man because yeah. I've never done it before. Oh, so, really? Yeah, never. So I was like, oh, and I can't ask my husband. Oh, you know, does this sound like a guy? Does he? Does this? <laughs> That's good that you're asking. I feel like everybody needs to ask, right? But I actually thought Theo felt, you know, I mean, he, 
And I love the fact that he's not like his dad, right? His mother was quite sensitive. He's yeah. a more sensitive male, which, yeah. you know, makes is endearing, especially in comparison to his, yeah. his father. And Tom yeah. too is, you know, these are, they feel like men, but they, yeah. they're not, That's you know. Sensitive. Yes, they're not sort of like alphas. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And yeah. it seems like, I mean, in particularly, and in, in, in Theo's wife seems like she's sort of, a, um, and we don't really, she's very much off screen, but we get the sense that she's a very strong woman character, which I think is a, is a feat to do that without really showing very much of her. Thank you. Yeah, I did enjoy doing that. I did like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you don't really plot, but you sort of know the twist and you know you're doing three points of view. And so then you just sort of, you just go chapter by chapter or you have a sort of a sense? I, I, I sort of, yeah, I do really go by chapter. So I have like an outline, first of all. Yes. So I sort of know that, you know, like which sort of points in the book I want to hit the particular sort of reveal. Okay. But yeah, it's really just chapter by chapter. Why did you do it like that? I mean, I, know, I, I hear so many different... different yes. I, I wish I was an outliner. I think it would save me. I think my, I'm not an outliner. Oh, I always, I'm always like, how do you do that? How do you know? So do, do you feel like then then by to outline, are you spending some time before you write? You're really thinking through. Well, I just had like a sort of two pages of the plot and like what I wanted. And then what I would do is I was writing the, each chapter. I would then, I would, I would sort of have an idea what I wanted the next chapter to be. So I'd okay. then write the end of that chapter. Like if I'd gone from Safi then to, to Rose, I'd go, when I want to go back to Safi, I'd be like, remember to put in Safi's next chapter. Then I'd put like what I'd thought of at the bottom, which I, which nice. I just, you know, like just the little things that I want to, and it gets, the, the notes section gets bigger and bigger as I'm going along and more things are coming to me. But I right. can't, I can't think of the whole plot before I start writing. I just, right. I just can't, because it comes to you naturally, doesn't it? I think as you're writing, ideas come to you or can they come to me that I suddenly think oh that's what so-and-so needs right and I think also the sort of you know I know these people who who plot um you know really sort of intricately yeah. and and I think for me I think the magic of the writing is the discovery I know. and I, I think if I knew the whole thing I'd be like I know, oh, I know the book? yeah exactly I think I'm exactly the same I need to do the twist um, yes. But even even then, that sometimes changed. So I right. think what about the, the person, the baddie changed, like the baddie. Person. I like that. <laughs> I've not heard that before, but I'm going to start calling the, the villain the baddie. The baddie, I think it's probably yeah. That's probably awesome. Bristolian, probably Bristolian thing, to be honest. So this is your seventh book, and you're saying this is your first time you've written a male point of view. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. I was always a bit scared to you before. I was always a bit mm. like, I don't know, if it, you know authentic or um but this time I, I did but I really actually enjoyed it I enjoyed yeah writing. yeah they have a different way of thinking I mean I think you know it's a stereotype of course and and the reason stereotypes are stereotypes is because many times they're true um is but the, you know it is interesting to get a different pers uh, a male perspective because I do think yeah. they think about things differently and especially I think in in familial relationships the way sons deal with their fathers for yeah. instance a very yeah. different relationship than mothers and their daughters yeah, yeah definitely. right and the way was, that Theo takes wants to take yeah. care of his father is very different from the way that Safi sort of has to take care of Lorna. Yeah, yeah. And I think because he sort of feels duty bound to make sure his dad's okay, but he doesn't really like his dad. Like he, right. he sort of, but at the same time, he, he wants to impress his dad. He wants his dad to be proud right. of him. It's like this whole, you know, complicated. It's a different thing, isn't it? It's a different dynamic, I think, yeah. And it's all, I mean, and it's, it's very universal. I feel like that sort of the not liking necessarily your parents, but also, you know, wanting to, to, you know, to yeah. 
have them be proud of you and uh, yeah big trap all of it well it seemed and I don't uh, this is my first Claire Douglas book so I don't know um but the themes of sort of family and tell me is is that sort of are these the themes you like to explore they are really I I think it started off when I first started writing being more about toxic friendships yeah. But then it became more about family. I think fam- because like you said, we can all relate to that, can't we? I think. And we've all got different. I just find it fascinating, really, like the sort of dynamics between like mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and sisters. And, you know, I just think it's all really interesting um, and, and complicated. And each book could be different, can't it? Because like right. a different dynamic. Um, so, yes, I did. This was probably my most sort of like generational, you know, mother, daughter, grandmother thing. But um, but yeah, even in my last one had that in it actually I think most of them have actually when I think about it they have yeah I think that is quite a theme for me it is a theme that you like yeah. to explore and I, it makes sense it's like you said I mean you you can explore that theme over and over in a yeah. fresh idea every time yeah. because I think well in relationships in general right isn't that yeah. that's sort of what we're yeah. exploring yeah. as writers yeah yeah I think so so now you you know in your bio you mentioned you've been a writer for a really long time so, yeah. and, you're, and congratulations on winning the de- debut award for Marie Claire. That's super exciting. So tell us about, did you, you know, had you written books and what was yes. your, pro- what was your sort of yeah. your journey to publication? Yeah, so I, I think I wrote my first novel. So I've, I always wanted to be a writer since I was like, you know, a child. And I remember being at school and, and the teacher talked about Ina Blyton and saying that she was an author. And I was like, oh my God, people do that. People are like, write books for a living. <laughs> that's a job. I know, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's what I want to do, I want to do that. And then I think my first novel I wrote when I was 21 or something, it was really, really awful. <laughs> it was all about going to university. It was just awful. And I sent that off, I sent that off and obviously it got rejected. And then I sent it, so I wrote about three or four. Um, I didn't get, you know, trying to get an agent. And then, and then I had my children. And so it's harder. I, mm. And then with the debut, the, the debut novel award that came, my friend sent that to me. She was like, oh, I've, I've just entered another competition, but if this is interesting to you. And I was like, oh, I might as well. Because I'd entered competitions before and I'd already started writing the, what would become the sisters. And it was my first sort of darker book. All the other books I tried to write were more sort of like rom-coms and sort mm-hmm. of lighter-hearted ones. This was my sort of first dark one. And then I sent that off and that's the one I won with. So that was, it's, that's how I ended up getting into the sort of darker writing. So I know it's so, become dark, dark each book. I was going to say, so what do you think, um, was it, I always want to say, is it, was it having children that made you write darker <laughs> books? Because I feel like that's a natural, but anyway, that's, that's not fair to our children who are so lovely. But what do, what do you remember sort of what the, the shift was? You just had a, you know, what happened that made yeah. you shift from rom-com to sort of darker novels? I think as I've written this book, which was a rom-com, which was about um, a twin, a twin relationship, the boy and girl twins. And I, and I sort of how sort of, because um, I had a friend years and years ago who was going out with a boy who had a twin sister and they and she was always slightly jealous of their bond because it was, yeah. all, it was uh, you know it was very sort of and I thought this is really interesting and I suddenly had the idea of I was just driving along in my car and I had the idea of this woman this girl twin who'd lost her twin sister mm-hmm. and how that would affect you like having someone so close and then and then and then meeting this guy who had a twin sister so, this, so it, was all about, it was all about twins oh, <laughs> but, that, your twin book I just find it really, I find twins really fascinating. So, yes. so I was like, I suddenly had the ideas. I was driving, I think I was driving my, my son to nursery and I suddenly had this, the first couple of lines just popped into my head. And I was like, I couldn't wait to get home and write it down. Right. And that's, and it, and it was quite dark. And I thought, well, this is darker than this. This isn't, this isn't really a, a rom-com. This didn't like, really work as a rom-com, right, you know, right. I thought, maybe I need to write darker. Maybe the rom-com thing was not me. And you know, it's like funny, isn't it? So I went home and wrote that one and that's what ended up being... The sisters 
And I think I reined it back a bit. I think I could have gone darker, but I was a bit like, oh, do I go really dark here? Or do I just, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. How dark am I going to be? Which I yeah. think is interesting. So, I mean, I, and I obviously I, I read it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of authors and I love to read. And I, I love to read, you know, funny. Um, yeah, I know, do. I love, I love, I wish I could do that. I just, I just don't think I'm, you know, like I love a really good, like Marion Keys or something. Yes. Let me laugh and I love that. I love that. Yeah, me too. I mean, I just read The Book Lovers, you know, by um, Emily Henry. And I think there's so, that's yeah. so fun, but I do not, that is not how I write. And I do yeah. think so. And I, and I, I, I think, you know, what is it that draws us to writing dark books, do you think? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? I just, I, I don't know if it's like, because I, I think I've really tried with rom-coms. I just don't think I was, I think rom-coms are hard. You've got to be quite funny. I think it's yeah. quite hard to get that down on the page, isn't it? To be funny on the page. Right, I, I feel just, funny, but not on the I page. I know, but I don't know if I'm funny enough. <laughs> but like, obviously not. Right, not that so I, Yeah, so I, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But mm. also I think there's something about stakes, right? The stakes yeah. of the of yeah. the novels that we write are so much, there are no higher stakes than life or death. Yes, I know. And I think it's quite, it's quite fascinating. And I think I like, I do like reading. I think I was getting into thrillers at the time. I think I was starting to read a lot of more thrillers. I think I started off, you know, like sort of like lighter thrillers and sort of getting more. And I think that's why I was reading quite a lot of. And, right. and yeah. And, so and it's my- so important. I mean, this is, you know, I, this is, I think we have a lot of listeners who are aspiring authors, which, you know, of course yeah. makes, makes perfect sense. We all were there one time. And like yeah. you, I have three, my, I started with writing dark novels on page five of the first book I ever wrote, there was a dead body. And I, my friend was a romance writer uh, yes. publishing with Harlequin. And she was like, um, you're not going to be a romance writer. So, <laughs> but, but on the flip side, you know, we've all, you know, we've all buried books or, or yeah. had to toss yeah. them aside. I think there's a learning process there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I do feel like there is something so interesting about the sort of what people will do, you know, yeah. And it pushed. Yes. And like like you said, like sort of like normal everyday people who find themselves in these situations. I'm always trying to imagine what I would do in these situations. To protect your child or your family or your home or, or, or the the reputation of your grandparent. Yes. Yes. It's it's the thing that trying to put yourself in that position and think, what would I do? Right. Yeah. So I think, and I, of course, this is what I do is my, I, I, my squirrel brain goes off to one side, but what I was, we were talking about reading thrillers and I, I do feel like yeah. you have to read a lot in, in whatever, yes. um, yeah. in whatever genre you're, um, so, so you wrote how, so what, how, when did you sort of start writing? When would, I mean, obviously you wrote a novel in college, it sounds yeah. like, yeah. and then you sort of said it and then maybe having babies does really put a little damper yeah. on our yes. free yeah. time. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Makes it a little harder. So yeah. how old were, um, how, your, your daughter's older, how old was she when you yeah. sort of submitted um, your first, well, she when you submitted the Marie Claire book? Yeah, I think she was six. And so that's 10, about 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, yeah. So, so seven of, books in 10 years, you're a busy I lady. Because <laughs> I think that first book, it was 2013, and then I had to... Yeah. Because they, 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 um, I, it was only the first three chapters. I hadn't written the whole book, so I had oh, to right. write it. So it was published in 2015. Right. So, yeah. So that's like then a book a year since then. A yeah. book a year, right? And how do you balance that in your life? I mean, you're it's writing like, full time, I assume. I do, yeah. And what's it's, I do it with the, the children at school. Um, yes. That's the sort of best. And then it's easier now that they're a bit older. They can, you know, go to school and and they've got like you know good sort of seven hours, whether at school. Right. Um, so that, but it's quite hard. Like, so now they're off on on holiday. Like, they know they're right. off. 
and that's harder isn't it in the holidays when they're yes. around because they're like you know 12 and 16 now they they can I can leave them to entertain themselves for a few hours and I can get on with right. it but not quite but not- space, it's hard when you've got people in the house and yeah. Oh, it's right. It's so hard. And you actually mentioned um, that this book was written during the pandemic. Yeah. So tell us about that, because I think that, you know, that changed everything for all of us. Right. Yeah. That was really hard because everyone was in the house. Obviously, I had to homeschool. And my son was only 10 at the time. So I, he, I, I couldn't really leave him to do the homeschool. I had to sit with him to do the homeschooling with him because he just wouldn't have done it otherwise. Right. <laughs> so it was right. Like, so it felt quite. And then my husband's got an office in the garden that he, because he's always works from home anyway. Oh, so, that so a day a week, he is, his employer were really good. They were like, a day a week you can you could be the homeschooler and then I can go up into his office so I was doing that once a week but it wasn't really so I went back to school in September where I wrote I just I remember really writing I, this is probably the fastest book I'd written as well because I thought what's this is another lockdown I need to get as much down as I possibly can while they're at school because right. it because our schools in the UK did shut again in January so right. I had a few months to really just you know, get it done. So I think that really helped. That really, I didn't mess around. I didn't look on Twitter. I just was like, I'm just going to write this. And that's yeah. You so, had to be really. And so yeah. when you're doing when you're doing that, is it were you sort of like, I'm going to write this many words a day. I'm going to write this many hours yeah. a day. How did you work it out? I tried to write two thousand words a day, and I was like, and if I don't get a chance to finish the two thousand words, I made myself like do it. So I thought if, if if I say five o'clock, I hadn't finished the two thousand words, I'd be like, right then, you're going to have to finish these two thousand words instead of watching the telly we had to yes. make myself do it but yes. um it's quite hard because I am the sort of person that would just be like oh I'll just go and do this and I'll, oh, I'll just go and make a cup of tea we're all yeah and I think yeah. it's, it's funny because like probably when you were writing for your job as well yeah. as writing your novels then you're like the efficiency yeah. factor kind of goes I away think, right yeah I think for me if I if I didn't get when the children are at school if I don't come home straight away and start working and if I start faffing around then before yes. I know it, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm like I still haven't done what I need to do so I think I have to really try to be at my desk at nine o'clock and think right you know got to settle down get and do on it. it yeah it's hard though isn't it it's so hard sometimes it's- to motivate so. It's so hard. And then and the other thing I, I find people, so because we're on this one a year, the world yeah. is on this one book a year, which is amazing. I mean, amazingly sort of, I mean, it's really a little unrealistic, but anyway, we're all doing it. We're running on the treadmill. <laughs> so like, um, why are we doing this? Why? Yeah, exactly. Why don't we do this ourselves? So there's really no break, right? I mean, you finish sure. a book and then you send it yeah. off and then, you know, yeah. is, are you thinking, and somebody mentioned to me lately that the idea that they're always thinking of a book quite far in advance. So even yeah. if they're writing a book currently, they're, yeah. they're thinking about the next book, which yeah. I thought, wow, that's really smart, but also really hard. I How really does that work for you? I'm just, I have to finish. I can't really think of the book until I finish the book. So when the book's gone off to be edited by the editor, that's when I can let, align myself to think about the next one. Because otherwise I get really confused and I'm like, yes. or I might suddenly sort of feel a bit unfaithful to the book that I'm writing. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That's a really good way of putting it, right? Like it's, it's, it's I can only have one affair at a time. Yeah. I have to really, so, but is there, is there a seed for the next, like, so do you finish and then start to think about the next idea? And how do you feel if like that, you know, you don't yeah. have a seed necessarily is, what is that process like? I know that's a bit, that's always a bit scary, isn't it? But when, when there's been times, I think when, it's, when I was just about to write Just Like the Other Girls, which was my sixth book, sixth book, I literally had finished the book before that, and then was like, oh, "I've got no other ideas. What am I going to do?" And like, I remember driving to um, on holiday with my husband, and I'm brainstorming. I was going, "Right, I need to think of something. I need to think because I just hadn't 
align right. myself. I don't know what, yeah, was this one with the, with a couple of number nine. Um, by the time I finished that, I'd already planned two other books. I not planned, but like have a little idea of two other yes. books. So so that sort of took the pressure off after after the couple of number nine because I because I wasn't quite sure which one to write. So I had right. space ideas, and then my agent was like, "Well, I'll write this one first, and then write that one." So you know, so I would do, so in that sense, I had thank goodness two right. ideas. That's not that's quite unusual for me. I didn't normally have two ideas at once. I didn't know how that happened. Really. Well, <laughs> fa- I mean, right? You're like, thank God. Well, and yeah. I think it sounds like maybe for you, um, these you know these ideas come from. I mean, certainly, usually brainstorm with your husband. I so yes. just do you, do you guys? Does he get involved in the in? He's quite of, good. Although sometimes he can be a little. Sometimes I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> right when they get prescriptive, like this is how yeah, you should do I'm it. Not, You're like, that's, I'm not, not doing quite, it. Yeah, he sort of gets a bit like you know because this guy. Oh yeah, and this action, and I'm like, no, 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 it's not an action thriller. It's <laughs> right, right. You write that one, honey. I'm going to write this other. Yeah, yeah, you do that. I'm, I'm don't want to do that. <laughs> but but yeah, comes, but you guys, yeah. you can say this is the seed of my idea. Yeah, he's quite good at, but. Um, but a lot of ideas I get from, I don't know about you, but reading like crime, like true crime things, um, like the the, uh, the couple number nine was obviously when I was a journalist and, and seeing, you know, going to a uh, house where they find a body. Um, and then the one before that was was um, based on the, there's like a murders, I think it was in the US actually, where somebody, a, a guy put on um, Craigslist or one of those um, looking for someone to come and work in his ranch and then he, he killed them. So that was the idea I had for, so, so I think that's how I get my ideas. I, I sort of, you know, what's going on and sort of changing the world. Well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. No, I think that's, I mean, I think that the, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. So we yeah. take a piece of truth and then we have to make yeah. it seem more believable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's the thing is that sometimes it's like, gosh, I can't believe this actually happened. Yes. Life. I can't write about that. No one will possibly believe that. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell me it's not realistic. Yeah. Um, which I love that. Well, um, so, and then other than that, so do you keep like, are you, you know, are you somebody who sort of like, as you come across these ideas, do you have like a, you know, you keep a folder or does one yeah. just sort of grab you and you think this is the one that's going to take hold? I think that's, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think one grabs me and I think, like, I remember there was one that I had, but it wasn't quite enough. So I think I made it into like a short story, but most of the time, yeah, I think, yeah, I can sort of tell when it's like the one you really, I think it's when you get excited about, it, isn't it? It's when you sort of think, yeah. oh, I want to write this. This is exciting to me to to want to write this but then, uh, then I start writing it then it's a bit like oh gosh what have I done what am I writing right this? what have I signed on for yes <laughs> exactly well it's not I mean so the crime itself sounds like the sort of seed but you know around that seed really because your, your books are quite character driven I mean yeah. you know um it's like you said you're not doing the action thrillers which are, yeah. Yeah, of course we all love but that's not the kind yeah. of books yeah. that, that yeah. You, yeah. you're we're writing so um you have to figure out sort of who is the character and sort of how to how does that process work for you when you're trying to figure yeah. out sort of who are the people that yes. inhabit the story yeah I think I think the characters sort of pop into my head so I, I really wanted like Lorna I think came into my head first because she was quite a big character and mm-hmm. I really like the thought of her being like this I think she's everything that I'm not <laughs> she's like really you know, she's like loves traveling and she loves like going, and she's quite, she's not scared of like just changing her life and going places. Right. And you know, she's quite- And she's like, scared of aging and she's scared yeah. of settling down. She's been, yeah. right. She's, she's sort of, of yeah. missed her young life, right? Because yeah. she had a baby. Yeah. Um, and, you, and that's what she makes, she's so, even though we can see Safi's frustration and understand Safi's frustration yeah. with her yeah. mother, yeah. we can also to- as women and as mothers yeah. appreciate yeah. Yes. The fact that, you know, wow, of course she feels like she didn't really get to live a young life because yes. 
Yeah. Didn't really get to live a young life. Yeah. 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 And I, I like the thought of Safi being quite opposite, sort of quite yes. quiet and, and sort of stayed and not stayed, I suppose that's a bit, but you know, sort of just more my cat's trying to get my lap. She's um, more practical. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Sorry. nice to meet you. <laughs> they, they like they want to be involved. Um, well, I think that's and I actually think that's real that's quite realistic, is that you know, she was a response. It'll be I was, you know, the part of me thinks it'll be really interesting when Safi has but you know, her own parenting style yes. and yes. what her child will be like. Yes, and that's this is like at the end when right at the end, very last chapter when, when they're in the kitchen at the end, I think it's been like a few months later, and Safi's got the baby, and I think that's when she realizes how much her mum loves her. Because she, before that, she didn't, I think children, like you really love your children, but well, you know, most of the time. <laughs> you're, and then, but you, I just think they didn't ever love you in the same way you love them. Because yeah, they can't. They can't. And then it's not until you have your own child and you realize how much you love them that you realize how much your parents love you, if that makes sense. Like, that's right. Like, you know, like, that's why we're all like, we need grandchildren just to prove yeah. some stuff to yeah. you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's a, it's a really, it's a really good point. And I do feel like, you know, as a, you know, she can't understand her mother really. Yeah. yeah. Until you're, you, you, you know, people want to be close to their parents. And, and I think this is true. They just can't quite understand, you know, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work that way, right? They no. can't quite understand what you, you know, where you came no. from. And, and no. what. Yes. And I don't think, like, because I think Lorna can be a bit like, you know, worry over Safi. And Safi just is like, she just doesn't understand how much her mum loves her. She just, she thinks, oh, because her mum's gone to live in Spain and her mum's a bit, that she can't possibly have this, but she does, she really does. And I think that's when, when she's got her baby that she thinks, oh yeah, this my mom does love me. And it's like, you know, it's a real, it's a real turning point for her, I think. Um, yeah. And I actually, I love Safi's dad too. He's only on the, um, the page yeah. a little bit, but yeah. I, you know, I, um, I really enjoyed so he he comes you know they have this this dynamic that where they see you yeah. know speak not very often but he's also yeah. quite a um and in, and a good balance to Lorna you know yes. because he's sort of much more um yeah. down to earth and stable yeah. he's much more like Safi or Safi's yeah. more like him I guess is yeah I, yes and he's like hard work he's a journalist he's always busy he's always like you know but yeah so he's definitely more sort of down to earth and mm -hmm. yeah but more yeah more much more practical like she is so um, so it's this is you know, um, so many characters, it's actually, I was just, as we were talking, thinking, God, there's a lot of characters in here and a lot of, um, but, you know, I, when reading it, everybody feels very distinct and how they interrelate is, you know, is really, you know, beautifully done. Um, I, I want, I always want to ask, like, is, so when you send it to your, is there a ton of revision that happens? Is your editor a huge piece of this? Or do you have sort of beta reader friends and you yeah. feel like when you send it in, it's kind of mostly there? So, um, my editor's the first person to read it so okay. no one read it before she had read it she's really good because I think it's weird when I'm when I'm going through it before I send it to her I almost can hear her voice saying because I've had the same editor for such a long time I could almost hear her saying mm, she, you know no Claire this is probably a little bit melodramatic or no this is you know so I can almost right. hear her I almost know what she's going to say but um but she yes I think she she was very she's very good at um you know sort of like oh pick up the pace here you know you know she's yeah. very good at that but um yeah, so I, th I definitely think there's a lot of, you know, I always get quite a big edit to start yeah. with. Yeah, and then it's sort of a few more little ones, but that sort of big story. I mean, we can't, I think we cannot underestimate the value of our editors, oh, right? They, yeah, definitely. Because they see things, because it's really hard for us, isn't it, when you're looking at the same 
you know, story day in and day out to sort of yeah. really see it. So they can like come, and I never tell her what it's about. And so she knows roughly, but I never tell her the twists or anything. So she can look at it with fresh eyes and see. Smart. Right. Yeah. See if it's different. working or see if she can yeah. guess it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's because I think that's what, because you don't want, you know, you, and she didn't guess actually. And I was really pleased because I thought, oh gosh, she's going to guess this. Maybe she's going to guess. And she, and she did, she said she did. She said she didn't. <laughs> well, but, uh, I didn't yeah. guess it. I mean, and yeah. I, you know, I feel like, you know, so, I, you know, I, for those of us who read a lot of thrillers, we're always yeah. like, okay, where's the twist? Where's the twist? Yeah. Who's the yeah, twist? What's the twist? Yeah. No, so, um, no, um, I didn't. And it's not just one. There's a couple smaller ones yeah. and then there's sort of the yeah. one big one. But it, um, so I think, you know, you did a really wonderful job. So, and with that said, tell us um, what is next? What are you working on? So I've just sent off um, the finished edits and everything. It's all, it's all more or less done now uh, to my next one, which is called The um, Girls Who Disappeared. And it's about these four girls that are driving in the car and there's a car crash. And um, when the driver, Olivia, wakes up, her three friends have vanished and she doesn't know where they are. And then it's 20 years later, um, a journalist comes to the little small town where it all happened to find out what happened to the girls. They've never been seen since. Um, it's like one of those sort of, it's, it's like a, a town that's like got standing stones and very sort of mystical yeah. town. So it's like, what's happened to these three girls? So it's, <laughs> God, and that would change your life, right? Poor Olivia. I know, poor Olivia. So she's had to like have the stigma of that because the right. town sort of blamed her. And her, yes, and like, you know, she, she, her mum was friends with the, the the uh you know the, the girls mums and, and it's all like fractured everything like the whole thing has been fractured because of this event that's happened and you know like there's obviously secrets and you know lies and distrust and yes so that was fun to write <laughs> and they're from a small town yes yes small right town. so even more yeah. right all that yeah. the way a town can turn against you yeah. um yeah so wow that's super well and tell us when that comes out so that comes out i think in the u.s in in january it come, it's it's out in the UK in September and I think it's out in January. In okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm always so fascinated by the difference in covers, you know, that they I do know. that. Is and it, it's different, isn't it? You have a cover of this one in, for the UK? Uh, yes, here it is. Um, so it is quite different. It's um it's so interesting to me. Oh yes. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. Well, yeah. plus I love the way they see look how they say number nine over there versus yeah. how we say we have to yeah. write it out because yes. Americans don't know that N-O dot means number. Uh, that's the, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we do, I think we do, but but maybe we don't, I don't know. <laughs> it is weird, I don't know why they, yeah. Yeah, they're very different, but that's a beautiful cover too. Yes. And I was just, I just yeah. talked to Jillian McAllister, same thing with her new book. And yeah. it's really interesting. I don't know um, yeah. why they're why so different. I wonder why they do that. Maybe they sort of have got like a different theme. I don't know. Strange, isn't it? Because it's a very similar like concept. It's got house and it's got right. But, yeah, but we have to write it bigger too, because maybe Americans don't read as well. We need big <laughs> font. <laughs> but um, have you found a big difference in your, you know, between feedback from your American? I'm always curious about because I always feel yeah. like, you know, in my mind, of course. Um, yeah. you guys are much more sophisticated than we are. <laughs> Maybe it's the accents, I don't know. But anyway, but I always, I wonder if there's, you know, do you, do you get a sense of sort of different types of, of, you know, feedback from your American editor or your American readers? Not really. 
really I think the only thing is it's like some of the some of the um words I might use might be a bit too British like sort of slang words that maybe that we we use that you know like Americans will be like what does that mean you know like we say like you know rubbish instead of garbage or whatever yeah. you know like little things like that or like garage and or do you say garage I don't know yeah <laughs> we say we say garage we don't say boot we um, say trunk Drunk, that's things like, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of things like that. That's that's mainly the only thing that gets changed. Really, everything else stays the same. That's it's interesting. Just, like, it's just like, and, and I think spellings. You know, slight difference. Like we, right. we spell color with the O U R whatever. Yeah, and there's a like all the prioritize you spell it's I S E and more I Z yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. the basically the American editor is just looking to make yeah. it. Um, yeah, and isn't that funny? I wonder if it matters. Like, I wonder if we. You know, if we read a book and it, I mean, you know, if you guys read a book, but you must read our books with colors yes. spelled O-R. And yeah, yeah. And you it doesn't think... stop you. No, exactly. You're not like, oh, damn it. It's an American book. I'm done with this. I don't want to read it anymore because it's got the colors spelled the wrong way. That's all like... right. Where's the U? <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't know if they do that um, for America, like American authors to when they have the British. You, yeah. Change You'll have that. to think about that when you read an yeah. um, American author next time yeah. and, and tell me because I am super curious because yeah. it does seem like a thing that we and now that I think about it, I do read quite a few um you know British and and authors and I think they do always change all of your I mean yeah. and I think if you're well read enough you know which obviously yeah. I think we are right because we read all the time and yeah. I think we could figure out you know that the boot is the trunk and the rubbish is the trash and you know <laughs> but anyway it's if it's just I do find some of these things really sort of fascinating and it, it makes total sense to me when you're taking a book that's written in German or you know or taking an, a book written in English and translating yeah. it to German because yeah. of course that would be harder but yeah. it, it's funny that we're, we're also sort of translating you know British English to American English and, yes. and vice versa yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I know so interesting funny. <laughs> okay so we're looking at for 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 us to get the color spelled correctly it sounds like we're talking about january of 2024 23 i think 23 next year yeah so it's coming, it's coming out, out in january yes i know because i think they've caught i think um it's caught up so harper it was like every six months because this that one came out last year this here. came out last year in the uk in the uk oh, but now okay. Okay, so yeah, I'm really behind. Oh, that's so exciting because you said September. Yes, um, the new so just like the girls is out in the UK in September. But I think it's it's in America in it's out this September in the UK. This, yeah, oh. this September. Yes, yeah, because I've already. Yeah, I know it's it's. it's, it's I didn't you, realize. I thought I was on top of it, but it sounds like uh, I get. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, okay, yeah. so there's another. That's really exciting. So there's another Claire Douglas book coming to the US in January 2023. Yeah, I think there is. I'm sure there is. I've probably got this completely wrong. And it's, no, I'm sure there is. <laughs> Just the, like, tell me the name again. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> the girls who disappeared. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad it was not just me. It's this is also a little insight into the writer brain, right? It's a lot of things to keep track of. I thought you did a beautiful job keeping track of all the characters in this book. Now, especially, I know it's been out for a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> or it's been done for a year. It's been, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like last, last summer. Yeah, last September, I think it was. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's really exciting. Well, I'm glad we hear they're caught up. And I look, we're really looking forward to um, the next book. Tell, um, tell the listeners, Claire, where to find you online, on social media, yeah. and all that good stuff. I'm on Twitter as Dougie Claire. I think I'm on Instagram as Claire Douglas Author. And I'm Facebook as Claire Douglas Author as well. So, yeah. So, 
on all of the platforms. <laughs> and we'll be sure to um, to tag you on um, when we post oh, and all that good stuff so people can find you. So oh. uh, first of all, or last of all, thank you so much for joining us today. I, um, it was so fun to chat and I love, um, I love the book. I'm looking forward very much to the next book and it's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you to our listeners and watchers for joining us today on Killer Women Podcast and we will see you next time. Bye.